Hi, everyone. Anna Brandt here. And today we're recording a new episode of my podcast. For those of you watching on YouTube, you're actually able to watch a video of this recording, something a little bit different that we are going to start doing. So to help those who listen to our podcast on YouTube, if you're listening on iTunes or anywhere else, you're just hearing my voice. I'm going to be talking about a lot of the initiatives and things that I'm currently working on. And one of the things that I encourage all artists and creatives to do, which is expand your vision, expand your reach, and always think about things that you can do in the future and not just today. You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 23 years and has taught worldwide in over 34 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the fourth season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. So I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Grethel. I'll have you say your full name because I don't want to say it incorrectly. My God, my full name. Oh, do you have a, like, <laughs> sure. Let's hear it. My full name is Teida Gretel Maciel Villate Morales. Wow. That's, wow. I'm the only girl in the family. So my dad went for it. <laughs> he went for it. And you were born and raised in? Guatemala. Wow. And so how many names are that? Say that again. Teida, Gretel, Maciel. My last name is Villate Morales. Wow. And have you ever had to write that full name out? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes, for everything. Really? So your passport has all of this? All of them. Wow. So Do I told my dad uh, the other day that I called him, like, I'm, I'm just keeping one. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, but I'm just keeping one. That's so, it's a lot of trouble too. Yeah. You know, I got my social and uh, it's missing one. So I have to go fix it. And Missing one of the names? Yes. There's Can probably not enough that? room on the no. social security card. So they didn't care. They just didn't put it there. So, but, but for some uh, things, I have my full name and not for my social. So I have to fix it. And, and what did he say? Uh, he was like, do whatever you want. Aww. But the funny thing was my brother just have a baby girl and they were just planning to have just one name because um, two of my siblings have two names and the other one and me have three. So they were like, no, just one name. Mm -hmm. And um, then when I told him that I'm going to just pick one, mm -hmm. he was like, you should just give her another name so she can pick to <laughs> take one if she doesn't like it. <laughs> Because your sister is doing that. So. Oh, my goodness. So is she going to have like five names? No, she has two now. She has two. So she can pick which one she wow. likes. Wow. So you're the only girl in the family? Yeah. Youngest, middle, oldest, where are you? Uh, the third one. The third one. Uh, three out of? Uh, four. Three out of four. Okay. So, wow. And you're, are you the only one in the United States? Yes. Okay. And how long have you been in the U.S.? Almost five years. Five years. Okay. And so you're a professional newborn photographer, but you started there. Yeah. So what made you start newborn photography over there? And what kind of education or training was over there? Or did you just start? Well, I just uh, was studying at the university there, um, graphic design and marketing and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't like it. And I had like one class 
the photo mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I like it. And my dad used to have cameras. He has no idea, but he loves it. And probably that's the only reason that we have photos because he just like and he loved to clean his lens like this, <laughs> like with everything. So he has no idea, but he, he, he got, knows how to clean a lens. No, he, <laughs> he just got it because it was you know yeah so when i told him that i wanted to do it he was like yeah i'm gonna get you camera and stuff so i know that we overpay for that camera he did not me and uh because i started like just studying that Mm -hmm. class in the university Mm -hmm. and um i didn't really think that i had a future like graphic design (laughs) yeah so i was like well i'm just gonna start doing it Mm -hmm. but just that class basically mm-hmm. and YouTube yes. and uh, trying to reach whatever so I started like doing like some random photos sure. and um, one of my siblings told me like well you're really good with kids that I'm really good with babies and yes. kids so I sh- just try it mm-hmm. but in Guatemala you have no education about it and right. by then I was like 20 I'm 32 almost 32 now <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I was maybe like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. yeah because I started really young so it was but by then and um there's not really newborn photographer by that time in there sure that's how I started watching your videos and everything so I follow you since wow there and um I start like having my small studio mm-hmm. and I really have no idea what I was doing. Sure. Like <laughs> That's most for of sure. Us. sure. I, I see my photos now and I'm like, I don't know how I learned to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really good too with all the manual stuff. So mm-hmm. I used to do my own boxes and yeah. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so I start doing that. And I moved to a different studio like a really big one. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that. And well, sometimes life happens and yes. you have to just change everything. Mm-hmm. I have to sold basically everything. So I moved here. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like education wise and everything, I didn't never took any class. Mm-hmm. I was just YouTube. And um, I kept taking photos and everything when I moved here I wasn't allowed to work Mm -hmm. so I was just babysitting uh, my friend's uh, kid Mm -hmm. and um, then when I got my employment authorization and all that uh, my friend used to work at the coffee shop Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, and um, she told me like do you want me to work there something like that and I was like just let me try to find a job Mm -hmm. doing what I know how to do Mm -hmm. and um, I started working as an event photographer and Mm -hmm. like fans photographer for the Dodgers and I worked for them for until the pandemic I was in Arizona and when everything shut down and I was like okay we just have how did you get that job I just applied. Just applied. They were <laughs> yeah. just, but how did you find that job? Uh, Google. Just Google. And <laughs> yeah. they were hiring. Yeah, I was just trying to find yeah. a job. So they know? were hiring for an event photographer for the Dodgers. Yeah. So I started doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, when with the pandemic and COVID and everything, just stopped. And um, well, I was unemployed for a couple months. I still working in a restaurant mm-hmm. as a hostess. 
that was so cool. I never did that in my life. But and and probably a lot of people and even my parents and everything were like, Are you sure that you like mm -hmm. it? Probably they feel bad for me, I mm -hmm. think. But I can tell you that I really enjoy it. How fun. I was a waitress and a like, hostess I really, and I liked it. I yeah. really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. The people was so cool. Mm -hmm. They just like call me. Like two times, like, do you want to come back? Start working, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was fun. Then I found a job doing newborns. Mm -hmm. So I was there almost two years, mm -hmm. and uh, well, in home sessions, mm -hmm. and here I am now. Here you are. Did you ever think you'd be sitting here doing a podcast with me? Never. I actually told my dad yesterday because I was telling him some uh -huh. things. And I told him, like, I never thought that I actually would be able to first, like, taking classes or anything with you, mm -hmm. you know, because the 20 old me mm -hmm. probably wouldn't imagine that I would be from my 30s working mm -hmm. and doing this, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. it, so I'm, I'm actually proud of, <laughs> of all the things I know that it it's not being easy at all mm -hmm. and even with the english you sure. know because I, when i move here i didn't know anything wow <laughs> i took That's classes when i was like 12 years old sure. so i never practiced sure so cool. well, you speak very well thank you <laughs> very well i'm always amazed when people come to our country and pick up english because i still can't like speak spanish the way that people would <laughs> like me to speak <laughs> um <clears throat> well you know it's i love that so many things that you've said is one thing that it hasn't been an easy road you know because people always look at other people's lives and and they think everything is easy mm -hmm. and and i don't think anybody mm. has an easy life i mean i feel like if they do the pandemic wiped that out anyway. <laughs> Anyone who had an easy life and then the pandemic happened and all that changed for everybody in every different course of the world. Um, and I love that you said you enjoyed being a hostess because, you know, I was a waitress several different times. I was a waitress in a diner. I was a waitress in a hotel, also was a hostess. I was a cocktail waitress at yeah. night. Um, where my youngest client was like 65. It was one of those, <laughs> those evening um, clubs where men from like 60 to 85 was like their demographic and mm -hmm. they'd come down. And, and I was a cocktail waitress and I had this cute little short dress on. It was so funny back in the day. Um, and I, I, always, I always joke that I can see how many plates I can put on my arm if I'm like serving. Which is really funny because I'm the clumsiest person <laughs> on planet Earth. How I was ever a waitress. Let's just say I had a lot of spills. Um, but I actually made really good money. I was actually a waitress at IHOP no. in Newark, New Jersey. But I quit when the cockroaches came out of the coffee mugs. I couldn't handle oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I made the most money at that IHOP in Newark, New Jersey. The The cash tips were outrageous. And I made a lot of money. And I think it's I think it's actually really good lessons for customer service, hustling, um, you know, you're, you make money based on how you speak to people, how you talk to people, how you serve people. You know, photography, I say all the time, is a service business. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that we're a service business. They, I feel like there's a lot of arrogance in the photography community that um, doesn't need to be there mm -hmm. because to me, we're a service business. Now, 
you can get a little arrogant. Maybe if you feel like you know a lot about in your craft and maybe somebody is challenging you, but I try not to let the ego get in the way. And I try to look at it from the client is hiring me and I try, there's always people that will test your patience, right? I try really hard to to work in a way that it's a service business because that's how my mom worked. And I feel like whenever you're working with the public, it's yeah. a service business, right? And you're challenged in customer service and patience, in um, stamina, sometimes long days, long hours, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I love those things that you said. And, and I love that you just went and picked up and started shooting things because to me, there's like a love for photography And then there's a love for a specific subject, right? And they're two different things. You know, I loved babies and kids as well. Did I ever think I was going to be a newborn photographer? No. Did I ever think I was going to be a professional photographer? No. I didn't go pro till I was 29. You know, I was an amateur photographer from 19 to 29. Um, Started taking pictures when I was in private boarding school at 16 uh, just to take photos, selfies and photos and all of that because I'm in a dorm house with girls and what else do you do is do you put makeup on and take photos? Um, And so I, when I look back to my time in my twenties, never in a million years did I think I was going to become a professional photographer. So I, I get what you're saying. You, you know, even just sitting here with me, you know, with me, you, with me, I didn't think I'd even have or have a podcast that anyone would even listen to. Uh, you know, even some days I still think like, is anyone listening? You know, and then I'll, when I'll think that I'll get like a random email, like, Oh, I listened to your podcast and it's just someone out there going, yeah, I listened. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool because we're sitting here talking. It feels very lonely, right? It feels like no one's listening but us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I try to explain that to people that when I'm recording, it's just Alex and I. So it it's a very lonely experience. And there's a lot of things that I do, even when I'm just creating content and it's just me and the computer. And yeah. people don't think, and just even when you're editing photos, right? Doesn't it seem yes. like it's very lonely at night by yourself at like 2 a.m.? Yeah. And there are a lot of things that photographers or artists or creatives do where it's just us, us and our tools. And we think nobody's watching, nobody's listening, nobody's seeing our work. A lot of photographers say they feel invisible. I think a lot of creatives will feel that way. And so when someone acknowledges your work or acknowledges you or acknowledges what you're doing, you're like, oh, that's cool. Someone saw it, right? I think everybody of every age can identify with that. And, and here you are. So a lot of people are like, well, here she is. What is she doing? She doesn't have that much experience. What is she doing? And, you know, there are very few people that I work well with, mainly because I like working alone. I like doing my thing. I like working alone. I don't... Um, it's just easier for me to do that, right? Yeah, I'm kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so... My challenge is, 23 years in the business now going into 24, is I can't do everything myself, right? And there's so many things I want to do, so many places I still want to go to. And right before the pandemic, I did my last technical and newborn in-home shoot with a client who had booked it way earlier um, because she had known that I was saying I'm not doing any more home shoots mainly because I just don't have time, you know, for Alex and I, and to bring a team and her assistant, you know, it's 
seven hours to do a newborn where sometimes people fly me somewhere or we have to drive to LA or, and it's just hours upon hours, you know, the drive, the setting yes. up, the taking down, it's a lot of time. And even if you do a, a perfect two hour newborn session, you still have to set up and stuff to take down. Yeah. So newborn photography is not easy. Whether you do natural light or studio light, anyone that has a newborn photographer come in the home. I don't think it should be cheap. Uh, because it's, it's to me, it should be at a premium because someone's coming to your home. Yes. Like if I'm bringing someone to my home to do nails or hair, I'm going to pay more, more than going yeah. to a salon, correct? Yes. But a lot of people will look at it opposite and go, well, if she doesn't have a studio, it should cost nothing and she should come to my home and photograph my newborn. Yeah. I think that mentality is completely wrong because there's no other industry where having a home convenience would be less expensive. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, you know, even just recently, I was struggling to find time to get to the nail salon and my daughters and I, we go all the time together. And my client was like, oh, I can give you a really good referral of someone that'll go to your home, you know, just like masseuse. And I'm like, well, I'm probably going to pay double and I have to pay for my two daughters and I. So it's already a lot of money. So I was like, oh, I'll find time to go to the salon <laughs> because I'm sure it's a lot of money to bring someone in yeah. my home to do nails. They've got to bring their table and their dips and their acrylic and yeah. all, whatever they're doing. Just like, like the timing too. The timing. Yeah. They've got to drive. They've got to pack up their stuff. They have to unpack. They have to yeah. set it up. You want it to be clean. They're going to do your nails. You don't want them to just be yanking clippers yes. out of their bag. It's the same with newborn photography. We're dealing with the tiniest, newest human beings in the planet. I don't think you want your newborn photographer tripping yeah. over herself and yanking used wraps out of her bag. You want everything clean and packed well. And you want her to arrive early, check out the light, set up the space. Yeah create a comfortable environment for that baby. So now you can now do the work you're supposed to do. And now you have to clean up, pack up, yeah. go home, edit. Wash everything. Rush it, <laughs> wash everything. So for those of you who have a newborn photographer coming in your home, I beg you to think of it as not something that should be paid less than, as not something that should be cheap. Um, because to me, convenience costs, yes. right? Uh, so I, for years have been trying to bring in associate photographers to really just help me out because last year at this time, I actually had to turn newborn babies away last December because people were calling me with two and three week babies and I was already booked. And last year, last year, last December was the first month of my entire career that I had to say no to people. Last year was also the first time in my entire career. I had to turn down existing clients to do their in-home newborn sessions, um, that were willing to pay. And I just did not have the time to do it. And so, you know, for years I've been trying to do this. And a couple of weeks ago, I said to my daughter, I said, you know, I think it's time that I do this. And, and the few people that I've talked to, I don't even have to finish my sentence. I mean, you saw it with my hairdresser yesterday, <laughs> um, hairdresser with our makeup, Heather, who does our makeup was doing a client's hair and makeup yesterday. And and when I introduced you, she like <laughs> yeah. immediately was like, screw, like, you're doing it. You're doing it. Like, yeah. I don't even think I finished the sentence. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh, you're finally doing what I've been wanting you to do for the past 10 years, um, which is expand my reach, um, work on the vision that I have for newborn photography into the future and expand it to other photographers. And a lot of photographers are coming to me saying, how much experience do I have to come and work for you? Do I have to have like 10 years experience? It's like, well, my job is to train you to get you to a comfortable point so that you can yeah. work under my name. You've already done five trainings with me in, yeah. in how many months? Six months? Nine months? Mm, probably. Yes. Like the past nine months. 
You've done five trainings, which is crazy. <laughs> Although not not unusual. I have had other photographers. There's another photographer that I'm thinking about that she did six trainings within a year with me. Uh, when I met her, she was doing quinceañeras and she mm -hmm. wanted to switch. And oh, she met me at the first workshop and she just was like, boom, 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 boom. And, and that's kind of like a lot of your thought too. It's like you start something and then you realize, oh, wait, newborns. And then you just go. Yeah. And that's what I love about you is there's so many people who hesitate. And they think about it and they practice and, yeah. oh, I'll market when I get good enough, which if anyone's listened to me, you know that that's not what marketing is. Yeah. It's not about how good you are. You just do it. You know, that's probably something that I always be this way, that I have something in my mind and I go for it. And even my friend, uh, my, my best friend, uh, Swanee, I met her we've been friends for a long time and she always tells me that like sometimes you're like say something and you just go for it and sometimes I don't really well most of the times I have no idea how I'm gonna do the things mm -hmm. how I'm <laughs> gonna be able sure. you know but I I'm just like well yeah I'm in or out you know yes. so just go for it just go for um, it you have to Keep learning and yes. perfecting everything. Yes. You know, I, I don't really like to do just the standard and that's mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. No, I really want to grow. Grow. Yeah. And I think with, with what's so great about newborn photography is it's ever evolving. Yeah. I get bored of what I did yesterday, right? <laughs> like, I did that. What can I do next? Or it, sometimes it doesn't look the same or, or as cute as the other baby, you yeah. know, you have we, to switch something. We experienced that yesterday. <laughs> when my client came in, I just was like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Everything I was pulling out. I was like, just like, it's going to be one of those days. Because newborns will come in and and the client will pick something and I'll go, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look right on their baby. <laughs> yeah. And I'll look at this set and go, I like nothing. <laughs> And Alex will usually roll his eyes because that means it's going to be a long session because she's like, here we go. And it's going to get bored or get creative. And and what a lot of people don't understand is I don't like much of my own work. So the few that I post on Instagram and, and I try to explain to people that if you look in a week of my postings on Instagram, it's like four to five images. Mm -hmm. I don't always post a ton. I probably have a ton of real footage and video footage that I've never posted because I just don't love it. Yeah. And uh, it takes a lot for me to post something. If I post it, that means I've really loved it. And and not to say that I don't I don't want clients to go. Well, did she not love our images? She hasn't posted our baby. A lot of it is I just don't have time. Yeah. And so I don't I don't I I like something in every session, but I can't post every session because I would never get anything done if yeah. I put. Sometimes I'm shooting eight ten hours a day, and I just I don't even have the time. But yeah, I think it's. I think that what I love about bringing you on is that I want you to grow. I want you to grow and and take the ideas, the lighting, the tools that I'm going to teach you and grow with and then make it your own. And what I'm looking for for somebody to work with me and work with newborns under my name is consistency, consistency in lighting good, clean work, um, modern work, work that is indicative of today and not 10 years ago. Mm. You know, I don't even watch old movies because <laughs> I don't like anything <laughs> old. People are always like, what, what what music do you listen to? I'm like, whatever's on top 40. Like, <laughs> if it's like super old, I won't listen to it. 
every once in a while, an older song will come up. The Spanish music is a little bit different because there's certain Spanish songs that I hear only when I go to Puerto Rico and I love them. Um, but I, there's just so much I won't go back to old mm -hmm. things with the exception of there's like maybe 10 movies that I'll watch a hundred times because I love those movies. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't like going back. I like going forward and I like inventing, being innovative and trying new things. And who knows what the newborns will look like five years from now, right? Everything changes and everything is different. And so what I'm trying to do is build a team. I'm starting in the West and then going to the East of associate newborn photographers that will be able to photograph in the home um, under my name. So if I get a call for somebody in Los Angeles and I'm not able to go there, then I can call Grethel and say, Hey, Grethel, I have a client in LA. She needs a new home newborn session. And they can, you can go out and the client should be very comfortable with your expertise and your style and your consistency in your work. And so that's where we're going. And so we're training a bunch of photographers to do that. And we already have a nice little group in California. And now I'm working on the New York team. I am looking to get a studio in New York, um, born and raised in New York. And I travel there next year. I'll be in New York almost every single month. So I'm looking to get a studio in New York that I can travel to and shoot to and build a team of photographers there as well. And, you know, I get requests all over the world, not just in the U.S., but in other countries that I travel to looking for referrals or associate photographers saying, can you send me someone that has a similar style, similar lighting. And, and I think the style is, I think my style is very simple. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, I'm not too proppy or too ornate. I don't do 5,000 different it's things. Clean. clean. <laughs> yeah, it's clean work. Um, and I think that when you're choosing a newborn photographer, you should choose one that goes with your style. And the newborn photographers that are listening out there, you should make sure you have a body of work that is consistent. So when someone's hiring you, they know yeah. what to get, right? So, in talking with kind of visions and future and expanding your reach, where do you, and I hate this question, I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? I mean, I remember when I was 25 and I was dating my next door neighbor. <laughs> He's now married with three kids. But like it, it was a friend's thing. Like if you opened my door and walked three feet, his door was there. So kind of like the friend's apartment complex, I lived in an apartment complex like mm -hmm. that. And I remember when I moved in, there was a cute boy next door and my friend spotted him. She's like, there's a cute boy next door. And I was very single at the time. And I was like, uh, I don't know, I'm interested. <laughs> and she's like, well, he has a daughter. And I'm now I'm 25 at the time. I'm like, I'm not going to date anyone that has a daughter. <laughs> so I was immediately turned off. Like whoever, however cute he is, I'm not going to date him because he has a daughter. Right. Well, we kept bumping into him and we needed to borrow his tools. And so my friend is like, I'm going to go borrow the tools because <laughs> we have to put my apartment together. And we found out the daughter was a sister. He had oh. an eight year old sister. <laughs> his mom had what they called at the time, a change of life baby, which mm -hmm. I laugh at that term now because that's like all my clients. <laughs> <laughs> but she like got pregnant at like 45 or something, which, you know, a while ago was a big deal. Yeah. Now no one cares, right? You can have a baby at 45 or 50. Um, but then it was like, wow, he was 25 with an eight-year-old sister, right? <laughs> Same marriage, which now it's like the third marriage, right? Yeah. So make a long story short, we dated and he, he has such a big part of my career because I remember... Like one of the first times I was over at his apartment. And you know what the first thing I saw in his apartment was? Take a guess. Yeah. What are we talking about? 
There's a camera. <laughs> a brand new camera still in the box. And I was like, where did you get this camera? And he's like, it was a graduation <laughs> gift. And I was like, I need this camera. <laughs> he had never touched it. And so the worst part about breaking up with him was I remember the knock on the door. <laughs> And he was like, I need my camera back. I was like, oh, you do? Do you, though? You've never used it. I used that camera for like two, three years. I couldn't even tell you what kind of camera it was. I'd have to go back and ask him. But I remember being 25 and we were eating outside this restaurant in New Bruns. I think it was New Brunswick or New Jersey or Rutherford, New Jersey. I was living in New Jersey at the time. And I said, where do you want to be in five years? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, in five years, I want to be married, pregnant, and living in California. To this day, I literally don't know where that came from. <laughs> I had never really thought about it before mm -hmm. that me asking him that question. I I had only been to California one time. It was the first time I got on a plane after graduating high school in California to visit a friend. And I, I didn't know anything about California. And five years later, I was married, pregnant, and living in California. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it wasn't to him because <laughs> we broke up that night. Because I said we should... <laughs> We should break up. But we were such good friends and we lived next door that later he like came over and we watched Seinfeld because we used to watch Seinfeld all the time. And we we were in a Jersey Shore house together. So the next weekend we went to the Jersey Shore house and we announced to everybody that we broke up, but we're still best friends. And they were like, <laughs> okay. And we like hung out all summer. I tried to set him up with some of my friends. I don't even know. It's such a weird when you're 25. You don't even know what you're doing. I don't even know no. what I was doing at that time. Um, but 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 I had no idea that five years later, not only would I be living in California, but I had already become a professional photographer. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, I don't, I can't even wrap my head around how that happened if I really think about it. So as I'm ask, going to ask you this question, <laughs> Like you could tell me something so far off, like I'm going to be, I don't even know what, because it could be, it could come true. I don't know. I just like, do you want a family? Do you want to get married? Do you want to own multiple studios? Do you want to go back to Venezuela? Do you want Guatemala. five dogs? Guatemala. Why did I say Venezuela? <laughs> Why did I say Venezuela? Venezuela, Guatemala. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. I don't know why I said Venezuela. <laughs> That's about typical though for something I would say. What is your future? Well, like you said, <coughs> you really never know because, um, like I was telling you, I had to say like everything in uh, Guatemala and um, was a decision about a month and I changed everything, you know, yeah. I, because I, I had everything that I was supposed to mm -hmm. at, there at that time, you know, mm -hmm. because I moved here when I was, what, 27? Mm-hmm. So it's a completely changed, right? Because I, I have my job, I have my family, I have mm -hmm. I, well, my apartment, whatever, my business, mm -hmm. and um, just gone because here you know one. Yeah. And you, for me, uh, that was a good thing. Yeah. And at the same thing, at the same time, a bad thing because I was really used to be the the kind of girl that my dad is gonna figure it out mm. you know because i had to grow really fast for things but at the end and my dad told me one time like um the tree is really big you know and if you don't go you're not gonna grow I love that. like i already gave you 
what I think that you needed. Mm. I, uh, it's like a, you know, like a soldier that is going yeah. to war, but I can't fight the war for you. So what good advice? You have to go, and if you need me, well, I'm gonna be here. You know, same thing. With my mom. My mom was a little bit mm, sadder. Yeah, she didn't really love the idea. Sure. Because she was like, "Why? What are you doing?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, I don't blame her. Of course, <laughs> that's know? all mother's and, job. Uh, when I moved and she came and everything, she wasn't happy still. But then she understood, like, mm -hmm. well, you you need it, you sure. know. So sometimes I, you have no plans at all, yeah, <laughs> and and life just, goes just on. And uh, but what uh, something that it's funny for me is when I moved here, I was living with my friend and everything, and um, I now live in, a, in an apartment in Koreatown. So I was living with her, but her family is a big family. And I knew that I can't stay for a long time. Mm -hmm. They, I'm so grateful for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they helped me when I needed. Sure. Um, but I was like, I maybe me with God and everything. Like, I really want to live here, mm. you know. And one day, one of uh, my other friends called me like, well, there's an apartment was in a studio apartment do you want to take it because it, the 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 building is like the rent is cheap mm -hmm. they were like you have to say it now and i was like okay <laughs> I, i i just barely start working mm -hmm. so i was like i have no idea how i'm gonna pay the rent and everything mm -hmm. but but sure i, I take it and uh my uh friend's friend from there she paid for my uh deposit mm. and the first rent oh, and uh so what a good yeah friend. yeah they, they did it so i was like okay and i started with just one mattress yeah not mine <laughs> they just wow. gave it to they me they just gave it to you and nothing at all i have wow. photos there nothing so then i was like okay we're going to something and even my car i just got my car from someone <laughs> it was so old it was a jeep and i knew every single time that i i'm, I'm gonna drive it this thing is not gonna work anymore <laughs> like this thing is not gonna work and i would just like please just let me get to my my sure. job and then i figured out <laughs> you know? but just let me don't don't just break down and um i start telling to my um uh, I always say he's my cousin, but he's not my cousin. But he's like this. And he works at a Lexus mm. and, uh, in Nevada. So I told him and he was like, well, I can ask them if, uh, you know, you can get a car from there and everything. And we were like, well, that would be great. Mm -hmm. And um, I have no credit. <laughs> you know? Of course not. I, I was building my credit. So it was impossible to, sure, to sure. get your first card. Sure. So, and I got it. So I was, and the, the funny thing was um, the day that I came back, because I have to drive, you know, from Nevada to here, the day that I came back, my Jeep died. <gasps> like, my Jeep died. It was like the, the movie of uh, Toy Story, like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 
that they died. What so an amazing like, story. It's done. And uh, from the same building, well, the same owners, um, the other friend, that the one that called me about mm-hmm. it, uh, she was living in the other apartment. So um, I was like, well, if you move, let me move there because that has a one room, you know, it's mm-hmm. bigger and everything, so it can be. And I was like, well, I, I really want to move there. And I'm living there now. Wow. You know, so I really believe that if you speak, or at least maybe not to a lot of people, because not all the people sure. get happy or sad with you. Sure. But Good at least there. with uh, yourself, with God, mm-hmm. I believe in God. So mm-hmm. if if you really connect that and you mm-hmm. manifest stuff, mm-hmm. I think that they happen 100%. somewhere or other, you know. Mm-hmm. So everything here i i feel that way too yeah so probably like five years i don't know i really start thinking like i really want to get my house oh, you know I <laughs> like, like i really want to get yeah. it maybe not five years maybe yes i don't know yeah about getting married and everything i'm not really sure about it Do you get married? But, no I don't know. I I, I don't want to say like no. Yes, yes. I but I don't want to say yes. I'm I'm kind of like okay the way I am. Yeah. The same thing with babies. I love babies. I work with babies. Sure. But having my own, maybe. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So and that's, that's such a maybe. good answer because, you know, it's so funny that I think that we go through life like, expecting that we should want yes and sometimes certain things. I, I understand because for some of my friends i i know that that's part of their dream mm-hmm. and it's funny because for me it's been like a maybe always yeah you know it's yeah. been like i'm okay if i have them mm-hmm. i'm okay if i'm not right and if i want one and i can't have one yeah i can adopt one oh <laughs> you my know? gosh 100%. it's like Sure. And and I've said that since I'm like probably ten or fifteen years. Yeah. It's like yeah. not not really yeah. But I'm okay mm-hmm. if it happens. So if not, I'm happy the way I am. Sure. And I know that a lot of people think that I'm not. Mm. <laughs> but I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it really is. And um it's probably too because a lot of my years I always focus and a lot of people not me. So sure. when I moved here was a change of mind and was like okay you have no one to care more than yourself right so what are you gonna do so now it's time that you have to learn that you have to work on yourself that you have to a lot you know there's so so many lessons in all of that i don't even know where to begin from the advice of your father which is fantastic advice i love i love that i'd be your mother i'd be crying like don't go i don't want my daughters going anywhere but i love i love the advice of your dad and dads are so great for that you know i mean um my dad sent me away to boarding school to save me from destructive behavior because i didn't like school and i was not going down a good path. And so he was like, I remember him sitting me down at 16 going, you're going to this private boarding school in New Jersey. And I was like, why? Why would I do that? Why? I don't understand. The best decision that ever happened. He had to put me in a place that would protect me and foster 
whatever I needed to become who I became. And that's what I love about having the right role models, whether it's family. And if you don't have a, a family role model, somebody outside the family, having somebody that is a little wiser and can guide you yeah. into your future and to have visions for things like that. That's fascinating to me. I love that you were just in a studio apartment with a mattress Yeah, because I love <laughs> that. Um, because I remember when I, um, left the boarding school, I, I didn't have anything. I was in a boarding school. So when I graduated high school, I'm done with the boarding school. So I had nothing but my clothes. And I rented a room from a church family that gave me a bed um, to stay in their home because I had nothing. And it was either go back home mm -hmm. with my family yeah. <laughs> or stay in the town that I was going to school. And now I had made friends and, you know, I was dating boys and I didn't want to go back home. So, but I didn't have anywhere to live. I didn't have any money. I just graduated high school. I didn't have a car. I didn't have really have any credit because I was in a boarding school. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have anything. Um, and so when I rented the room, I ended up taking, you know, the first job I had, um, I would ride my bike to it because I did have a bike. I bought a bike. Um, and, you know, I remember when I got my first apartment, it was just a basement apartment. So it was a studio apartment. So just a one room basement apartment with a bathroom and the kitchen. If you've ever had seen a basement apartment, the kitchen's or a studio apartment, the kitchen's in yeah. where you, it's, it's you're sleeping. It's yes. all, it's your kitchen, living room. It's all the same room. Yeah. Right. And my mom, I was like, mom, I need a mattress. You know, I think my mom probably bought me a mattress. I'd have to really think about it. I didn't know anything about mattresses. And I think she sent my dad to get me a mattress. And then she ended up sending a bed from my home. She sent a bed from my childhood home and a dresser. And so I had my first studio apartment. I had a, a bed from my parents and a dresser. And that was it. And so my kitchen was empty. Everything was empty. <laughs> yeah, mine, mine was like that. Yeah, I had nothing. And I can't tell you how many times I ate tuna out of a can, you know? I mean, it's like, <laughs> you just have nothing. And, and I was by myself in an empty apartment, you know? And it was one of the most amazing times of my life where, like you said, you have nothing but yourself. And I'm super comfortable being alone yeah, for that too. reason. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm the youngest of five, and I was never alone my whole life. Yeah, I always travel alone too. My yeah. mom always questioned, like, why? Where are you yeah. <laughs> going by yourself? Because when I was uh, 25 or 26, I just told them, like, well, I got a ticket. I'm going to Spain in a lot of mm -hmm. places. Just you? And they were like, yeah. And they were like, you're crazy. <laughs> but I just, yeah. I, I, I felt, I always been like this. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah feel something and I go yeah. for it and yeah. maybe it's not going to be good. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's why you're going to have a long career in whatever you do and wherever you go. I mean, it's going to be great working with you and watching you grow, but I think it's going to be, I think that, that the being alone factor, learning how to be alone, um, is, is very important. Yeah. I think I say all the time, how quiet time to me is the best time to get your visions, your ideas, to literally just be in the quiet and see what's coming your way. Because I feel like so many times we're so busy, we're going so fast that we don't yeah. take the time to just sit down, hear the quiet of the night, be alone, yeah. and just hear it. Enjoy it and be happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for you <laughs> because I think you have a, a very, very bright future. I could get emotional just thinking about it. You know, I'm a big believer in God as well. And I think that... 
Um, I love people that are just willing to go out there and take risks that are willing to go out there and go, you know, I really don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. I really don't know how I'm going <laughs> to, how I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to do it because that's yeah. how I've lived my life. I don't know how I'm going to do half the things that I do. Yeah. And people, I feel like people always want explanations. They always want project plans from me. They always yeah. want, Anna, give me the project plan. Give me the, <laughs> give me the workflow work? chart. Give me this. And I'm like, it's right in here. And I worked for a boss that taught me how to do project plans and flowcharts. And being the Virgo type person that I am, I actually <laughs> love doing those types of things. But now I just go so fast that I'm like, there's no time for a project plan. There's no time for a workflow chart. You just got to trust the vision yeah. and just go because, and then we'll work it out later. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. There's a lot of people that can't do that. Yes. They need it all written down by step. Or, and need, I'm like, or oh, need some kind of security. Yeah, I need the yeah. manual. Like yeah. there's, there's... Sometimes there is no manual. Mm-hmm. And hello, with COVID, we had to throw the manual out the window. Yeah. Life <laughs> happens sometimes. Life happens. And we just you have go to with figure it. it out. Yeah. yeah. What what would be as we close this webinar and we think about the future and the visions and the things we're doing now and the things that we want to do? What is your biggest advice for someone listening to this? That maybe they're trying to struggle making the right decision. Maybe they're struggling leaving their family. Maybe they're struggling being by themselves. Maybe they're struggling with their career. It's not taking off the way they would want it to. Or or they're in a place that they're just stuck and things aren't moving forward. What, what would you say to them? Well, you know, part of everything is, for me, it's just like believing God, believing yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, go for it. Life is not, it's never going to be the way that you want or you plan stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's always going to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's always going to be something not quite right. Mm-hmm. But at the end, if you try to just do it, <laughs> if you go and do it, mm-hmm. so you believe in yourself, believe in whatever it like right now <laughs> with me i have no idea what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. but at the end it's it's like uh, i don't feel bad or, or whatever you know mm-hmm. it's it's just believing yourself mm-hmm. and just try to go for it just yeah. and don't stop working yeah. and even if you feel like you're not good enough mm-hmm. You're never going to be good enough. No. <laughs> never going to be good enough. So just keep doing it. And yeah. even leaving the family is so hard. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm. More like the, the um, my type of culture, you know, yes. it's like always a big family. And mm-hmm. We're together. And still, I, I still receive calls of this and that happening. It's not like you're 15 and you're out. Right. <laughs> you know, like exactly. a lot of, no, my, my family is not like that. So, but if you don't make a decision, and I told that my mom too, it's like, if I grow, I'm not just forget about you, Mm. you know? No, that's not going to happen. If I grow, you're going to grow too. Yeah. So it's, it's really like, uh, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Not just for you, for everything that you really want, you know? And don't get like really stressed about it. Because if you overthink stuff it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen amen to that so go for it (laughs) go go for it fight your own battle and just do it okay well Gretel, thank you so much (laughs) Gretel had no idea that she was no (laughs) and video and video 
But I knew you were going to look good because we were doing headshots today. You look good every day. No. You always look good. <laughs> so I didn't have any doubt about that. <laughs> I was like, she always shows up, makeup on point. And so, but I knew you were going to look extra special good. Extra special good. Is that nice language? Don't learn English from me. I don't. Extra. <laughs> my mom would, my mom is probably dying in her grave. She'd be like, what, what are you saying, Anna? Um, some of the things that would come out of my mouth, my mom would just shake her head like that. That is not the English that I taught you. Um, I don't even know what I was going to say. Um, but you looked great. You sounded great. I'm sure that the things that you said today will motivate somebody. If something she did say motivated you, give a shout out to Grethel. I'll be <laughs> anxious to watch her journey and see where she goes. It's definitely going to be a wild ride with me for sure. And yeah, thanks for listening. We did take a little break from podcasts. My apologies, but I ended up getting laryngitis during the crazy <laughs> holiday tree farm days, my amazing clients and my voice just vanished for weeks. Uh, longest time, longest period I've ever had of literally not having a voice. Even now I have water on the table because if I talk too long, I'd start coughing. So we had to take a break from, you know, I do a lot of coaching online and mentoring and I'm always talking and I had to take a break. So we're back with our podcasts. Hopefully we can get some more regular episodes out and continue our motivation and marketing. And, you know, I just think at the end of the day, we're all on a journey and right. we just have to do the best that we can. Right. Yeah. right. I'm Anna Brent. like this podcast we would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her to learn more about anna visit annabrant.com you can find out about her education opportunities at annabranteducation.com